Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. So how's your January going, Linz? Well, January usually means, for most of us, uh, New Year's resolutions. And for the yeah. first time ever, for the better or for the worse, um, my wife and I decided very last minute, and by this I mean like December 30th, let's try a dry January. No alcohol. What are you, drunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I wish. <laughs> and so uh and so we are uh, uh today is the is the 5th we are we are 5 days into um wow. a dry January and we're just curious to see curious to see what if anything we end up feeling not feeling deciding. But the thing that I that I have noticed so far is that a trip to the grocery store is remarkably less expensive <laughs> when you're buying things like produce yeah, and sure. various proteins and yeah. you know cheeses. Shopping while drunk is never a good idea. It's never good. No. In fact, very very few things are better when drunk. <laughs> but uh, the other night we were watching TV and it was about eight o'clock and uh, she just, Nancy just looks over at me and says, this is kind of a joyless living room, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe by the time uh, we do episode 34 right. uh, next week, I will be able to report to you that, <laughs> yeah, that didn't last more than a week. Well, good for we'll you see. guys. Yeah, we're giving it the college try. Um, I'm, I'm having a Long Island iced tea right now. See, this is what keeps the uh, keeps the Earth from spinning off its axis. It's the balance. I am dry as the Gobi Desert, and uh, <laughs> you are absolutely soaking in alcohol. That's I, right. I covet your life. My New Year's resolution this year, and this is the first time I've done this, and I and I think it'll be the first time I'm actually successful. My resolution is I'm not going to make any resolutions this year. That's very smart. Yeah, but so far I've managed to uh, hold fast to my commitment. Good for you. Although, does Good. the act of making a resolution not to make a resolution, is that... Oh, I guess man, that in itself is a I've, resolution. I've already screwed it up. Wow. Great. Fantastic. Great. January 5th, and you already messed it up. Well, Spe that's just great. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Speaking of the new year, I just came across an article 
where somebody went through all the old Nostradamus quatrains to see what he said about this upcoming year. Okay. And, of course, his writings are open to endless interpretation. Sure. But uh, one of the things that uh, he predicts this year. 2023. We're going to land on Mars, apparently. Oh. Yeah. He said All uh, right. something like humankind will shine light on on the planet of Mars, something like that. So I think Elon Musk will probably be very excited to hear this. Sure. Uh, he's sure. A, five, eight years ahead of schedule. Yeah. Nostradamus and Elon Musk. Where do we find such heroes? That would be quite a dinner party, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. <laughs> mm. You know, when uh, when my uh, when I spoke at my my brother's uh, funeral last uh, uh, November, I got up after the, uh, the the main eulogy and I talked about the fact that my brother and I used to joke about the first night you would be in heaven and that Jesus would greet you and say, "You get to sit with anybody you want." Uh, you know, you've got all these people from world history, politicians, philosophers, celebrities, athletes, scientists, anybody you want. And then we used to joke that that Jesus himself would lean in and say, but just so as you know, Copernicus is a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. we laughed ourselves silly. And That's... to this day, every time I see the name Copernicus, I think, what an asshole. Oh, man. Talk about a paradigm shift. Yeah. Nostradamus, Copernicus, and Elon Musk. Sounds like an old Tonight Show Karnak thing, doesn't it? <laughs> Sis wow. Boomba. Who's going first? Uh, you are. Well, I love that about myself. I love it about you, too. You know, we have been burning things, J.G., for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Australian aboriginals used to practice what they called fire stick farming. What? And this would, it would be burning, burning mass parts of, of, uh, of land, soil. And it would regenerate the soil, would drive animals out, you know, the, the, so they could make them uh, easier to hunt. I'm glad Cat isn't listening to this. <laughs> But man-made fires not only enable, you know, how we shape the earth, but it also defines uh, human relationships. And for centuries, humans have used fire maliciously to destroy what doesn't belong to us. It's called, of course, arson. And it's a really, it's a really creepy thing. When, when I was researching this story, I was remembering, remember the movie Backdraft? Oh, yeah, With, yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell, Scott Glenn, and just how creepy that idea of an arsonist and, you know, wanting to... It was Donald Sutherland, right, who yeah. talked about the monster. You know, I, I, I need to see the monster. And, and then I also thought about that Monty Python sketch. Do you remember where the one guy says, who among us can honestly say we haven't at one time in our lives burned down a great public building? <laughs> I know I have. <laughs> so we start, to, uh, we start to study arsonists' behavior in the hope of preventing it, which makes sense. Psychiatrists, criminologists say people start fires for all kinds of reasons, for excitement, for profit, to take revenge, to cover up other crimes. Maybe it's mental illness. So our story today about arson takes place right here in the U.S. not all that long ago. In fact, just, uh, just earlier this year. And it's specifically the, a place in southern Ohio called the Wayne National Forest. Now, beginning in the spring of 2022, there were 40 suspected arson wildfires in that area. Wow. 
Now, that's national forest, so it's federal land. Because it's federal land, the federal government begins looking into it. And this guy, I, I have to point out, who's, who's investigating these fires is badass. He's like something out of a movie. His name is Joshua Radford, and he's a law enforcement officer. He's a cop with the United States Forest Service, specifically in law enforcement investigations. And he's assigned to a neighboring national forest, the Monongahela National Forest in Richwood, Virginia. Now, becoming prior to becoming a law enforcement officer with the Forest Service, this, this guy's resume is amazing. He was a law enforcement officer with the National Park Service for five years. Prior to that, he was a hotshot firefighter, veteran fire corps crew. Prior to becoming a firefighter, he was an infantryman in the Marine Corps for two years, a scout sniper for two years. In fact, wow. he did two tours uh, in Fallujah between 2004-2008. He doesn't sound like the kind of guy to be trifled with. No, no. And and to if if you were stupid enough to dabble in arson and at some point you realize this guy is on your tail, I would suggest just pulling <laughs> over your car and putting sure. your hands out the window. It's like screw this. This guy is is badass. So so this guy, Joshua Radford, notes that on or about April 21st, just last year, 2022, there's a guy named James Bartels. And this guy Bartels is interesting. He's an administrator for the Greenfield Township Volunteer Fire Department. He's, he's also a 911 dispatcher. Now, this guy Bartels happens to discover an unreported fire just after midnight. And you think, wow, that's really that's really lucky, huh? This guy just <laughs> happens to stumble across a fire before it gets it gets called in to to himself to ah. to a nine one one dispatcher, and then eight days later, I'm sorry, uh, months later, October 29th, another fire is reported in something called the Ironton Ranger District, and a different law enforcement officer, a guy named Chris Dodson spots this maroon Ford pickup with Ohio plates and he runs the plate and it's run to this guy, James Bartels. And they think, well, now this is interesting. Wow. This is, this is two coincidental times. Yeah. Mm. So this Ohio investigator, this guy Dodson reports that within an hour, a second fire is spotted in again, the Wayne national forest. Now, not long after this, for whatever reason, this guy, James Bartels, the 911 dispatcher, resigns from the Greenfield Fire Department. And on November 8th, just days after this guy resigns, 17 fires, 17 are lit. In a day? In, in a period of days, just wow. within days of resignation, That's 17 crazy. different fires over a period of days. He reportedly, th this guy Bartels, reportedly is seen twice in this vicinity of fires just minutes after they were started. Coincidence? He's begging to get caught. So they obviously think, okay, there has to be a connection here. And sure enough, there is. Just what is to me is so ironic and, and so sad. They end up uh, investigating him. And they find, they actually pull out the 
what's called the 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 infotainment that that screen computer in your in your car that's a combination of gps right and you know your radio and and navigation and all that stuff and they discover that this guy's truck places him in proximity to almost all of these fires so did he borrow somebody else's car to commit the other ones? <laughs> that would have been... I'm a little low on that, gas. Could I... Would have uh, been smart. I've got some arsoning to do. So they finally pull him in for an interview. And Radford, badass, finally just flat out lays <laughs> lays the, all the information out and, and gives him a map and says, you know, these are all the fires that we're investigating put an X next to the ones that you started and the ones you were not involved in. And Bartels puts an X next to something like 24 of these fires. And seven of them, he says he had nothing to do with. Now, this guy, Radford, badass, finally, you know, you've been working for months to crack this and you've got what you think is the the instigator and this this is where the story is just so incredibly sad he asks bartels look why did you do this and bartels just stares at him for a second and then finally says to give the boys something to do oh my god and then goes on to admit that he's suffering depression you know he's he's recently divorced and to give the boys something to do the, is the just firefighters, other firefighters, the guys in his department, the guys in neighboring departments. You get to that point, and it's it's sort of like like the crooked cop, I guess. That you know, you're you're literally given a badge to to protect and serve, and you're the one who ends up actually causing all this destruction. To quote, give the boys something to do. That's insane. Just, just insane. And so, in researching this, I was amazed to find out how often this happens. Really? And yeah. And in fact, one of the best known cases happened right here in Glendale, California, where a firefighter turned out to be an arsonist. And the cause of all of these fires you know he's an arson investigator and and he ended up uh getting getting discovered as the cause of of all of these fires and it's just what was his motive it's just uh again uh a fascination with with fire Hmm. so here in glendale this guy's name was john leonard Orr, and he was he man what a what a piece of work. This guy was a fire captain, an arson investigator for Glendale Fire Department. He ended up being convicted of serial arson and four counts of murder. Ooh. He lit fires that ended up causing millions of dollars in, in damages and ended up in four deaths. Wow. And his wow. MO was to set fires using an incendiary timing device. And he would he would often throw these things into stores while they were open and filled with customers, 
And then he would also set small fires often in the in grassy hills in order to draw firefighters to that area, leaving fires that this guy had set in more congested areas unattended. And he was a fire captain. And he was a fire captain. At one point. John Leonard Orr. Yeah. And what was his, his, his motive for that was just give the boy something to do as well? A, a, a same, uh, I think, a, a fascination with fire. I, I think in most of these cases, these guys are about, well, as, we, as Donald Sutherland said in, in Backdraft, a fascination in seeing the monster. Mm. And, and I'm sure this guy Orr had to get off on the fact that he is this esteemed, respected arson investigator and he's got to be one of the last people in the world that you would suspect caused these fires it's just it's just amazing so our friend mr bartels the guy who said i just wanted to give the boys something to do is this week uh gonna find out what his sentence is but he's facing up to five years in federal prison and so the moral of this story is don't be lighting stuff on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that. For the love of God. I got this from KTVB.com, Washington Times, Cleveland.com, FireRescue1.com, and DocumentCloud.org. Don't be lighting stuff, guys. Mm-mm. When I was about eight years old, I lived in the small neighborhood in northern Maine, and right down the street from my house was a gas station. And one night, it caught on fire. Oh, my God. The building itself did. And, of course, they had to evacuate the neighborhood because it's a gas station. Uh, And come to find out, it was one of the kids in the neighborhood. He was like maybe 10. And he just thought it would be interesting to see what would happen if he lit a gas station on fire. Wow. Makes you wonder. It really does. I mean, that's just. What is it about fire that just intrigues people? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's got to be a, a a human primal. primal fascination to be obsessed with, fascinated by something that powerful, mm. that destructive, that strong. It starts off literally as a match, you know, in your in your fingers, like a what is that? A quarter inch tall flame, mm. and and to think. You know, Jerry Seinfeld used to have that joke about people love to smoke because they can hold a cigarette and say, look at me, I have fire in my hand. <laughs> and and to, to look at a, a match and think in an hour, this could be taking down an entire forest or yeah. blocks of homes or something. I mean, it's it's a sick, twisted fascination, I guess. With, yeah, with And the guy who's like, I did it. So the, you know, give the boys something to do something to do. You know, I understand. I get it when you're bored, you know, <laughs> well, flipping through Netflix. How there's nothing yeah. on. I've had that moment, but never have I said, I'm going to go burn some shit up. I've I never know. said that. I'll go start a building on fire. Yeah, yeah. I'll go light a forest. Nothing on fire. brings my spirits up like like a roaring building fire. Yeah, an awesome yeah. display of pyrotechnics, if you will. Especially in winter time when I can warm my hands. You're in the shallow end with Schnapply and Toth. 
You've tried all different kinds of gyms. Traditional gyms, holistic gyms, even new age gyms. Don't touch the weights. Just gaze at them and wish them peace and light. But you're about to experience a whole new level of fitness. Caveman Fitness. The only gym that replicates the workout of a Cro-Magnon man from the dawn of time. No free weights here. Those are for pussies. At Caveman Fitness, you lift real rocks. No Lycra workout shorts or moisture-wicking shirts. At Caveman Fitness, you wear animal skins cut from a dead animal. Sure, it smells, but that's what the cavemen and cavewomen wore. And no fancy water bottles with electrolytes and vitamin D. At Caveman Fitness, you'll drink from a muddy stream that runs right through the gym. And another thing, there's no talking allowed. The only communication is pointing to things and good old-fashioned grunting. Play your cards right and you may be chased by a real tiger hungry for human flesh. Caveman Fitness, the way fitness used to be. The real tiger is released only once per day. Times are random and subject to local laws governing animal welfare. Not available in all states. Caveman Fitness, just off Interstate 4 in Orlando and soon open nationwide. Caveman Fitness, the next step in the evolution of exercise. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? <laughs> you get the goofiest game in history, Queen's Podcast. Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Katie. And we're the hosts of Queen's Podcast. Join us while we spill the tea on women from history. We get into all kinds of stories here, like biographies of lesser known figures. For instance, Saida Haltura, powerful pirate queen. To the stories you might already know, like Marie Antoinette or Cleopatra, but with a fun twist. Each queen is paired with a cocktail that'll totally get you in the mood to hear fun, juicy, and dramatic stories from history. Because history is so much more than just dudes on a battlefield, and we believe that the female perspective Perspective and roles are just as deserving of their time in the spotlight. Right. So come get to know these queens. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Lifeguard at shallowinpodcast.com. That's the email address. And uh, we do get emails. Here's one now. Hello, beautiful voices. <laughs> Sorry, I just liked I just liked your delivery on here's one now. <laughs> it was sweet. Your your recent story of the old guy with a bomb up his butt made me want to tell you this little story. <laughs> Not too long ago, a friend got a call from an ex saying that they had been messing around with someone on the sofa one night and couldn't find the sparkly pink butt plug afterwards. <laughs> 
So my friend, being far too nice, <laughs> went to help their ex find the pink and presumably now brown article before the young kids got up and potentially found it instead. That's always a wise strategy. Yeah, yeah. So if you have young ones in the house, best to sweep the uh, perimeter. Yeah. The sofa was moved around, tipped up, taken apart. The room was searched, but the butt plug could not be found. Uh-oh. Thinking the worst, it took a few hours for my friend to persuade their ex to perhaps go to the hospital, which they eventually did. Wow. Hilariously, after an x-ray, the butt plug could not be found. What? My friend's ex then accused my friend of stealing it. (laughs) Who would want that? My theory is that the other person messing around on the sofa either took it, threw it away, or hid it somewhere, maybe in their own butt. We've all used our, (laughs) I love this line, we've all used our exit hike for fun at times, but maybe (laughs) attach a string or something. For your statistical information, the butt plug receiver was in the UK, so maybe added to the NHS numbers the year before, and also in their 30s. (laughs) Staying anonymous, just in case someone hears this, the only identifying aspect of my story will be the sparkly pink butt plug. Because I couldn't resist the imagery it gives everyone. It's the word sparkly that gives that email a whole different kind of uh, twist, if you will. It brings it alive. Doesn't it? This this was a very very interesting uh, email. What, maybe maybe one of the most interesting we've gotten since since we started this. And I I read this one with mixed emotions because I always think what we do here is is very plainly for entertainment only, <laughs> entertainment purposes only. Yeah, and that somebody would actually be uh, offended or hurt by something that we that we do on this podcast is is fascinating to me but this email says shallow enders first off i want you to know how big a fan i am of the shallow end you guys were the highlight of that's the first red flag you guys were Uh the highlight of my wednesday morning (laughs) commute to work okay took me a few episodes to realize those commercials in the middle of the show aren't real but once i realized that i really came to like them now that's an interesting point because a couple of other people have emailed uh and uh, so some of them, I think, I think you and I talked uh, not on the air, uh, but privately about one where we got that complaint from a guy who said, "Yeah, uh, Lindsay, JG, these things, these things just aren't working. You got to come up with something better," and didn't really have any, you know, suggestions, suggestions as to yeah. to yeah. what to come up. I don't know what you guys could do, but but don't, I just do know that. I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> At least he was he was honest about he it. He was honest, yeah, yeah. Um, middle of the show aren't real, but once I realized that, I really came to like them. Until last week, when you ran a commercial against people who play... <laughs> against people who play pickleball. Oh, no. <laughs> Did we offend a pickleballer? Why would you do something so mean to people who love this sport? <laughs> After my divorce, pickleball changed my life and gave me new purpose. Hmm. I even met my new fiance at a pickleball game. We just we just got a puppy and named him Pickle. No, you did oh, not. That's a great name for a puppy. 
I'm sure you two have hobbies that I would find stupid, but I would never call you out on that. <laughs> well, you, you don't have a podcast. You get <laughs> maybe <one>. he does. <laughs> yeah, maybe you he does. Leave, Everybody does. You nowadays. leave me no choice but to stop listening to your little po- oh your little podcast. Ooh. I will tell everyone I know that you are not nice people anymore. <laughs> a former sub- subscriber, David in Costa Mesa, California. David. Mm. Well, well, he's probably not listening not to this, listening so now. he no. can't hear our apology, but I guess it's what my dad used to call a teachable moment where <laughs> uh, a gentle word to, to subscribers, and I have a feeling like 99.9% of the subscribers know that those those parody commercials, as we call them, are just that. They're a, a parody, and they're they're just there to be funny, and so if you really think there is a Church of the Swollen Heart or... <laughs> cold medicine for narcissists if we have offended any narcissists who have upper respiratory discomfort (laughs) we apologize for that yeah it's bad enough being a narcissist it's bad enough having a cold but to combine those two i mean my lord yeah our hearts and prayers are with you (laughs) lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com we appreciate your emails and if you are emailing to tell us that you're no longer going to subscribe, <laughs> well, okay, well, we read them all, yeah, but we do. Uh, yeah. we're sorry to see anybody go. Well, Lindsay, it began as a very serious event for the Pinellas County Sheriff's Department in Dunedin, Florida. I love that name, Pinellas County. Pinellas, yeah. It's yeah. spelled like Pinellas. 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 And Dunedin is spelled like Dunedin. You guys got a different name down in Florida for everything, don't they you? They do. It was September 5th, 2021, and law enforcement responded to an emergency call that they had received. Uh, the emergency call claimed that there were three suspicious teenagers at the intersection of Fairway Drive and Harrison Drive in Dunedin. I'd be, I'd be suspicious, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, three, three teenagers. Three teenagers? That can't be good. When police arrived, it got pretty bad. One teenager pulled a gun... <sighs> And fired at the cops. No. And then took off running. No, not good. Not good. Not smart. We do not fire guns at people, especially law enforcement. Part of the law enforcement that had arrived on scene did include a canine unit. So police released the canine uh, to track the fleeing suspect. So through various backyards and neighborhoods and over fences, the suspect saw the dog gaining ground on him. And he climbed inside a window of a house that was nearby. I'm picturing the uh, the second to last scene of Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he's running through all the backyards. <laughs> yes, very similar to that. <laughs> yeah, only being chased by a German shepherd. As opposed to a truant officer. Right. So the suspect climbs into a nearby house and uh, drops down behind the window and then uh, peeks up. And decides for good measure to just fire his gun out the window a few times. Oh, my God. Okay. And this went on for about six hours. The standoff for six hours involved a SWAT team. This was a big deal. A big, dangerous deal. Yeah. It's funny. You know, as a general rule, (laughs) none of us appreciate being shot at. 
Right. Cops cops seem to have a real sensitivity to stuff like that. <laughs> they, they take it a tad personally. Tad more seriously than the rest of us do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say that we don't take it seriously, because no, oh, we do. We do, Jerry. For six hours, this 18-year-old kid holed up inside a stranger's house, sporadically firing his gun at passersby. Deadly serious situation, clearly. But then things got very strange very quickly. <laughs> okay. Witnesses there described what happened next as almost surreal. Did he find religion? Well, maybe he did. I don't know, but not not that afternoon. Uh Um, While he's inside the house, the suspect accidentally shoots himself in the leg. No. And he yells out, ah, I shot myself in the leg. And at that exact moment, a drunk nude woman on a golf cart appeared. Now, what the? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Apparently, totally. Are you just making this shit? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. Apparently, these were two totally unrelated events. Just as the guy mistakenly shoots himself in the leg, a drunk nude woman on a golf cart shows up. Another fantasy checked off the box. She was later identified as 28 year old Jessica Elizabeth Smith from the Boston, Massachusetts area. Hello, Jessica. Apparently, she'd been spending the day partying and uh, was so wasted that she was oblivious to the dozens of law enforcement vehicles, sheriff's deputies, and a SWAT team, (laughs) not to mention the the gunplay going off around her. She was just on a drunken joyride and paid no attention to any of it, including the makeshift barrier of police cars to keep civilians out of the blast zone, so to speak. And on top of all this, she's she's naked. She's naked. In a golf cart. In a golf cart. Then busting through, <laughs> through yeah. police barricades. Just drove right into them. She swerved around the police cars and drunkenly careened through the crime scene. Totally <laughs> naked. Now, as one can imagine, this caused a great deal of confusion amongst law enforcement officials. Sure. They hear the suspect's gun go off. They hear him yell that he's been shot. He shot himself by accident. And they were dealing with this new information when suddenly a drunk naked woman in a golf cart appears. Boston Strong. (laughs) Begins doing donuts around their makeshift barrier. Yeah, donuts in a golf cart. The police, understandably distracted by a young naked golf cart driver <laughs> we're concerned because you know it, it put multiple deputies at risk of here's course a it did. she's an attractive woman too based on her mugshot. Mm-hmm. um but they they could potentially have been shot i mean they they certainly were distracted their attention was not on the guy with the gun anymore it was this naked drunk chick in a golf cart and of course you also be, being cops you're now not only worried about <laughs> You yourself getting shot. You're, you you got to be worried about this woman, this this yes. uh, drunk naked chick in a in a golf cart getting shot. So they kept yelling at her to get back and get down, but she kept ignoring their commands. She continued to weave in and out of the parked police vehicles and the SWAT team truck, as well as driving in and out and around law enforcement officials. She came so close to one deputy that he said he could smell the distinct odor of alcohol (laughs) as she breezed by. Finally, she crashed her golf cart into a fence and uh, was subdued. She was put in cuffs and placed in the back of a cruiser. Oh, wow. 
No word as to what happened to the golf cart. Um, <laughs> once this had uh, been taken care of, the SWAT team could then turn their attention back to the the standoff with an armed suspect. Sure. Who apparently had a self-inflicted gunshot wound in his leg. At this point, they were able to quickly subdue the armed suspect and, and then arrested him. One officer said, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I would think that uh, anybody in that kind of a situation, such a strange and seemingly unrelated event, um, in the middle of a six-hour shooting standoff, um, I, it would certainly be confusing. And and for it to happen as the suspect accidentally shoots himself in the leg is just, it's beyond bizarre. The two suspects didn't even know each other. It just all happened at once. Now, if this were a Hallmark movie, I would have the teenaged kid, the gunman, mm-hmm. And the, uh, did you say she was 28 years old? Yes. Mm -hmm. I would have them uh, fall in love and (laughs) live happily ever after after they served their Yeah, on a dairy farm. Yeah, there you go. In Wisconsin, yeah. Boom, instant movie. The woman was charged with resisting an officer without violence. Oh, that was nice. The teenager with the self-inflicted gunshot wound received medical care and then was charged with, are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Loitering and prowling, aggravated assault of a law enforcement officer, felony possession of a firearm, carrying a concealed weapon, resisting an officer, and grand theft of a firearm. He sounds like fun. He does. He does. You know, the odd thing, too, is the cops in this in this situation, the standoff. I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing I'm right. They're not only now worried about uh, Boston Strong girl in the in the golf cart, uh-huh. but once this guy announces that he shot himself in the leg, they've also got to be worried about him bleeding out. Right. While right? they're chasing a naked, drunk <laughs> woman, woman in, in a, a golf, golf cart. cart. So circles. now we've we've got to get this woman out of the out of the line of fire and in custody, and we need to get in there for medical aid in case this kid is you know. He's going to bleed to death. Gina, Christmas. Yeah, that was a tense moment or two for law enforcement, I'm sure. Give it up for Florida. Indeed. As we said, the uh, email address is lifeguard at shallow end podcast. We look forward to your story suggestions, your emails, your compliments, your critiques. Um, Well, we don't look forward to the critiques. Well, unless uh, they're good. Yeah. And if they're if they're suggestive, if it's, hey, I don't like this. What if you do this instead? That's very nice. Hey, I don't like this, but I'm wearing something slinky. That's fine. There you go. Particularly if you send a photo of yourself wearing something slinky. Actually, don't do that. No, please. We got enough. We got enough going on in our lives. (laughs) We don't need slinky photos from uh, from subscribers, but we wish you a a joyful rest of the day in your slinky attire. (laughs) make good choices your life might depend on it so concludes another episode of the shallow end with schnebley and toff we thank you for listening oh be a dear would you please subscribe to this podcast give these boys a five-star rating and think of something nice to say even if you have to make something up and visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, gotta go. 
love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.